Welcome, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is Thursday, September 3rd. I cannot believe summer is already almost over. But here we are, uh, after what would have been Star Wars Celebration, talking with one of our favorite people who uh, we hung out with at Celebration, who takes part in Celebration, like the podcast stage and stuff like that. Uh, James and Lacey with me as always, and uh, joining us, uh, Mark Newbold from Tracks, also contributing to StarWars.com, Star Wars Insider, <laughs> and back in the Baith, 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 Resistance Baith with us. Mark Newbold, what's up, Mark? I'm glad to be back in the bath. It's Ace here. <laughs> yes. How are you? <laughs> good, man. Good. Now, we know it's uh, it's pretty late over by you, so what are you sipping on uh, to keep yourself awake with us here in the base? Nice hot cup of PG Tips tea in a Rancho Obi-Wan mug, so that's my jam today. Very nice. cool. Yeah. Right on. Right on. James and Lacey, how are you guys doing? Good. Uh, yeah, not doing too bad. Got my Death Watch on right now. Nice. Yeah, right. I gotta wrap my Make Solo Two Happen shirt. Uh, we're gonna keep that going for as long as we can. Um, <laughs> so, Mark, what's going on in the world of uh, Fanta Tracks? What are you guys up to? And uh, if you want to give our audience a bit of uh, what you got going on in the world of uh, Galaxy Far, Far Away from yeah, your end. it's busy as ever. There's always stuff going on. Uh, we were just involved in a show over here called Empire 40. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. So me and Mark, my co-host on Making Tracks, were, were involved with that. We did some interviews and uh, uh, a couple of bits and bobs there. Yeah, it's uh, obviously missing the not happened yet, but will in two years time celebration. Right. Um, it kind of happened virtually in my head and it was really cool and I met everyone. It was <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, but uh, one day, one day. Uh, yeah, no, just busy as always. I mean, even when there's no Star Wars news, we seem to find stuff to talk about. So when there is Star Wars news, uh, you know, it's a, it's a mad scramble. I'm sure it's the same for you guys. But yeah, it's going good. Yeah. The site's still, bit, I mean, three years in October now, which is unbelievable. I can't believe it's three years. Congrats. But, and you guys just had a 50th episode of... Uh, Making tracks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats, 50th man. studio episode. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's gone by in a heartbeat. So, yeah, <laughs> it's good fun. I mean, I've been very fortunate. Uh, Dave was my co-host for the first twenty-five episodes, and Mark's been my co-host for the last twenty-five. And then Dave came back for the fiftieth, so which is really good fun. So, so is it going back to Dave now for the next twenty-five? Or you? No, just, uh... I'm binning them both off and getting somebody else. I'm just not <laughs> <laughs> just twenty-five segments. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Um, so uh, you ready to chat about some Star Wars? I think so. All right. <laughs> um, James, why don't we fire up Will of the Force? You know why, James? Um, because it is forward adult. Close. It's back, baby! Oh. What's up, oh. man? <laughs> <laughs> I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. All right, this week, Will of the Force, we're doing something a little bit different. We have three Resistance Officer uh, Patreon questions. So we're going to kick it off with one of those right away. Uh, Commander Christian Morales, he wants to know, uh, will we get a new animated series based on the High Republic era once the era launches on publishing? Mark, I'm starting with you on this one. What do you think about High Republic, and do you think we could make a... uh, animated show out of it uh from what i understand they're pitching it purely at the moment as a as a literature thing but that being said if it's disney isn't it you know and they're a money-making business so if high republic launches in january january 5th i think 
although it should be uh, it yeah. should be in a couple of days really all things being equal but yeah. um, you know if, if it <coughs> excuse me if it launches and it's a hit and people dig it and the comic sale and, and everything rolls off the back of it as it hopefully will uh, and it's got that man Kevin Scott involved who seems to have the golden touch for Star Wars at the moment um, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me one iota if this becomes a new era beyond the literature thing and does become a, a you know a, an animated thing Honestly, I think at the moment, because the sequel trilogy era for now, I think, is, is has got a cap in it for for the time being. Obviously, we've got all of our other eras. You know, we can get your teeth into a new era of Star Wars and do something a bit special. Yeah. What a long-winded answer to a really short answer. Yes, I think there could be and possibly should be. But, you know, watch this space. Well, welcome to Will of the Force, because this is the segment where we give really long-winded answers to what should be short yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lacey, you're up next. Uh, what do you think? Do you think they're going to do an animated series for High Republic? I think for the time being, they will not. I think that uh, High Republic is a book publishing event, and that's how it's going to stay for now. All right. John. Yes or no? Tie tie break them real quick. So my you know my whole theory had been that I thought the Game of Thrones guys were doing films in conjunction with this, and this was going to be supplemental to their films. I don't have evidence of that. That's just a theory of mine. So I'm going to stick by that road and say because of that, no, um, for the time being. And I, I'm not sure if Star Wars has the ability to reverse engineer itself from literature outward as opposed to doing movie and trickle it down. Um, but like Mark said, if they do knock it out of the park and find their audience and find something there that has more buzz to it that makes people want to see those characters realized in different mediums, then it's possible. But my initial instinct based on my crazy theory is no. It's interesting you guys say that because I'm going to say yes for reasons that you two normally provide, which is, I think you're right. I think there was supposed to be like a movie tie in and it was supposed to trickle down from that. So there probably were plans that down the line we were going to do the animated stuff. And that's probably still an option, especially now, since it's probably lacking, the animated show would boost it up. Um, Lacey, you've said often too that, you know, like they brought in Doug Chang. They brought in Doug Chang to do the covers. That's, that's I think, I think, I think they wanted a whole world and a style and, and all sorts of things. And they, they built it all out. And the point was not just to be written down in words and text and black and white alone. So I'm going to go. Yes, they are going to do an you know, animated show at last, some point. So last time we did um something like this with a guest i feel like we were all like saying the same answer so i like that we're split already out of the game so, <laughs> of course dissension yeah. in the ranks and i kind of feel good about that that's okay yeah <laughs> let's go <laughs> all right the next question is uh baby yoda you may have heard of him uh aka the child aka tiny as we like to call him um uh, the Mando fan uh wait what uh here on trb and the Mando fan yeah uh will his name eventually when they come out with whatever the child's name is is it going to start with a y because we got yoda we got yaddle john i'm going to you first you're laughing what do you think starting I, with a y i think yes just because star wars is such a small galaxy and george let them 
he honored them and blessed them with using the species again. And they're not going to go too far off of the tradition of the characters in a sense. So it's, I think it's going to be something with a Y. I just have that feeling. Now, whether they have a whole planet of these things and they have all these different names with a Y, I don't know. But I think for this little guy, they're going to stick with it. All right, Lacey, what do you think? Starting with a Y? This is a super funny question because it's something that in the past year I didn't even consider. Like you just think about it and the question's always, is he related to Yoda and Yaddle? How does mm-hmm. this work into it? But I didn't even think about the names being both starting with a Y until right now. I was today years old. Um, I think they will. I think it's an easy way to relate him to the species without it being related to Yoda. That and it would sense. be super funny. But I, yeah. I can't help but remember, by the way, when The Mandalorian came out, how kind of <laughs> a little bit annoyed we were when we were like, it's not Yoda. It's not Yoda. Stop calling it Yoda. And yeah. then you just had yeah. to give in after a while. You were like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I almost fear them actually now naming it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Baby Yoda. <laughs> Anything. Um, yeah. All right, Mark, what, what do you think? Are you burning down the yes train right now? Um, That's a good question. It's a good question. I love the fact that you're calling Tiny. I just keep thinking that line from Star Trek Three: "Don't call me Tiny." Um, <laughs> yeah, we we got uh, we got that from "This is not Yoda." Yeah, T-I-N. Ah, no, yeah. I like that because I mean I get told off all the time because I write "Baby Yoda" on the side all the time because I just think it's cute. Sure. People, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's the child. Well, no, we only call him <laughs> the child. Um, <laughs> the child didn't go viral. Hashtag. Exactly. It was Baby Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. Use the yeah. Baby Yoda. There's not a guy at Burbank with a hashtag going "child's guy's going to get everyone," but Baby Yoda, yeah, <laughs> right, and all that stuff. Isn't it? Um, having it with a Y, I think, yeah, I like. It's like Warwick Davis if he plays a character that's name doesn't begin with W. He must, you know, mm-hmm. Bane's must bulge and and stuff. So um, yeah him baby i don't know i don't know I don't, I don't know what it would be but it kind of makes sense yes hmm. there you go right. <laughs> yes yes um well the one thing i know is that i'm answering this question with a y Ooh. and that's a yes ah, there it for is me. Yeah. <laughs> all right four um, over four so. yeah i think yeah i think all the john you you <laughs> knock on wood you once spoke too soon oh. now we're all agreeing yeah <laughs> um no, I, I think everything that you guys said too about the, the tradition and it's just an easy thing. And I think even if they even if they think it's weird, like so what every what every one of their species is thing, number one, it's Star Wars, so you could write that in. Mm-hmm. But secondly, you could also just get away with being like, Yeah, it's circumstance, whatever. <laughs> Happenstance that the ones that we know about are happen to be named with Y. It could be right. a silent Plus I don't plan it? them on bringing in a bunch of uh this species in the future. So yeah. Yeah. it could be a silent Y, couldn't it? Silent Y. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I mean, right. Lando with a silent Y could be, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to help. I'm Luke trying to think of it. any word that has a silent Y. It, I'm sure there it, are some. It, oh no, no, no. I can't think. Of there are some. There are some that start with Y that have a V sound, doesn't it? Is that a thing? I'm Possibly. sure there's a chiss like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be. Man. Yeah. I have to say, right. though, you know those quizzes where you do Star Wars names and it like tells you what your Star Wars name is? Mm-hmm. Usually it's like your first name backwards. So mine would be Yekel. Oh, that's good. Ooh. Watch it be Yekel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watch the first episode of the show like to yeah, get it out of the way. They're like, he just in the ship and he's like, hey, Yekel, give me that silver knob that you took from the, the shifter. 
<laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. My it's moment like, has come. I'm writing this down. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm writing down 12 minutes. Uh, this yeah. episode, yeah. she with the sound of <laughs> All right, no more sheave. No more. <laughs> uh, uh, silent Y Palpatine. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> all right, we're doing another Patreon uh, resistance officer question. This one's coming from Major Darth Rosie. He wants to know: Will the world between worlds ever be included in live action? Uh, if so, how long do you think it will take for them to include it in, say, like a Disney uh, Disney Plus television show or movie or something like that? Lacey, you're starting us off on this one. The World Between Worlds. What do you think? I was just shaking my head because I feel like this is one of those things that's just always a hot topic as of December. <laughs> I never heard about this except that episode of uh, Rebels until December. But um, no. They will not. I think it's staying in animation. I feel like we've talked about this before. Oh, we probably have, but, yeah. you know, things change with how often they're doing Disney Plus series now and, you know, who yeah. they announce. Like, maybe, maybe, I don't know, like, maybe they bring in Are uh, you answering a Disney now? Plus. There's rumors of a Disney Plus <laughs> with Ezra or something. No, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to yeah. trying to justify why we would answer the question again. Um, actually, next up on answering this one is going to be Mark. What do you think? Um, I'm going to say no as well um, because I think currently isn't there like <laughs> 56 different Star Wars TV shows now either being filmed or in development at Disney Plus? <laughs> I think around Yekel, there. Yeah. Star Wars stories. Uh, exactly. 60, 68. 68 with the sign of Y, that's the one. Um, I, think, I think the world between worlds was was great in rebels it completely suited that episode and made made all the things in that scenario fit but it just worries me that if it's used in the wrong place or used too often it could become almost there isn't there is an element of it that almost feels like time travel and i don't think oh, time travel time tra- yeah and i don't think time travel has any place in star wars it is as a major plot point i'm sure there's elements that could you know if you want to manipulate things but I think once you start going down that path, then all of a sudden it's Back to the Future 2, isn't it? And, and everything unravels. Oh. Not that I'm knocking Back to the Future 2. It's a great film, but, you know, where's yeah. my hoverboard? Um, so, <laughs> you know, so I, I would, I would, you know, when Luke talks about, you know, time travel and altering time and speeding up the highways and all that stuff, it's as much sci-fi, to, to me anyway, it's as much science fiction to him as it is to us. You know, yeah. it's not a thing that happens in the Star Wars galaxy. It worries me that if they bring that into it, then it, everything you can just wipe anything out that you want you know any any new writer coming in can go i I didn't like that i'm gonna bin it off so yeah it's like a writing tool that they're like let me just erase this yeah mark's mark's (laughs) making me picture sheep palpatine with a sports almanac now (laughs) and those pump-up trainers (laughs) there's like there are there's um Young Sheev and an old Sheev, and he keeps calling him a knucklehead. And <laughs> yeah, bopping like, him on the yeah. head. Yeah, Palpatine, Palpatine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like a damn John, tool. <laughs> John, what is your opinion on World Between Worlds showing up Disney Plus I mean, movie? Something you like guys that? know me. Um, I didn't like it to begin with, um, not because of itself in its bubble, but because of what it created after the fact, where fans latch onto it as sort of an out to change things they don't like in canon. Um, and like, like Lacey said, it, it happened recently with Ben Solo. People think he's hanging out there somewhere. They reinterpreted what the world between worlds is. They think it's like a, uh, uh, what do you call that? Purgatory now. Uh, so it's, um, it's very strange to me. And it's like that, 
a great line from Spider-Man, you know, with great power become, becomes a great responsibility. And having this as a vessel in Star Wars is detrimental uh, to me, like Mark said, because it's it's dangerous. You can really change stories and manipulate things. And I feel like the further we get away down the line from George Lucas, we need to make sure we still keep one arm on the tree. So Star Wars doesn't get too wild and too crazy that we have to hit that reset Thanos snap button and redo canon again. So yeah. um, I hope not. I'll put it that way to, to end my long-winded answer, as Mark said. Um, I too am going to say no on this one. Uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, in, in some ways, Star Wars will revisit ideas, um, without actually revisiting that specific thing. So like the world between worlds, I think that will always be like a rebels thing and they'll probably never really visit it. Um, maybe like in a book or a reference in a comic or something like that, but that's more like a nod to the series rather than like, we want to bring it back in. But I always think I always think like some sort of exploratory, uh, you know, use of the force is always possible in this in these types of methods, because before World of the Worlds, any type of possibility, like, do you think a character will somehow use the force to travel back in time and pull Ahsoka out of a battle? Like it would just be unthinkable, but they did it and it and it worked. So I feel like some some other person along the lines could explore the force in that method, especially since even in live action, we just did the empire strikes back commentary. And even in that movie, we have Luke Skywalker saying, Oh my gosh, Han and Leia, they're being tortured. They're in pain. And then like that hasn't happened yet. Darth Vader does that like way later in the movie. Um, so like the force is telling people things out of time. Um, so it's just, I don't know, it's just interesting sometimes, and that that's something that's live action, and it's already kind of happened, like some sort of like um, differential time plane uh, type of thing via the Force. So I think no to your answer to just be specific and to the point, world between worlds, not happening. Um, next question is one that the Resistance broadcast is very familiar with. Um, Mark, you're going first on this one. <coughs> Uh, will Alden Ehrenreich return in a series centered around Han and Chewie on Disney Plus? Hashtag make Solo 2 happen, right? That's a leading question. Um, <laughs> uh, you don't say. Where did you get that from? No idea. But I just, Peripheral Vision shows me a t-shirt somewhere. Um, <laughs> I think I don't think there'll be a, a Han Solo-led TV series, but I think there very likely could be a TV series in that era where Han and Lando, Kira, and a whole bunch of characters could appear in. So in in the same way, we talk about it a lot on Making Tracks, you know, in the same way that Cassian is the focal character of that TV series, but I think personally it's more about the era, that sort of lead up to Rogue One, building of the Rebellion, pulling in the cells and that sort of stuff, and he's the focal character leading you through it. Um, That works with that character because of his association with everything else that's going on around it, whereas Han Solo and Chewie are kind of outliers a little bit. They're they're sort of on their own, doing their own thing. Um, I don't think a series focusing specifically on them. I think a film would work great, but I think a a TV series focusing on them might not. But having them in and around action and things that are happening in that sort of part of the galaxy, that sort of layer of society, if you like, would work really well. So I do think you'll see him again, but I don't think it'll be as a, as a specific Han or Han and Chewie or Millennium Falcon based TV series. 
So I don't know if that's a yes or a no or a no with a silent Y, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's an answer. Mm. So I, I feel like our answers are going to go pretty quick. So let me do a quick follow-up with you too. Like, do, do you think it's like a, a another character from Solo taking the lead then? Like, I'll, I'll throw it out there, like Lando. Like, do you think it's a Lando-led series with Han Solo side character um, showing up? I think it's more, personally, and I, I really haven't heard anything about it, I, I think it would be more likely to be more based on Crimson Dawn than anything because then you've got the opportunity, to, like I say, you, everybody wants to know what happened next with Kira. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and obviously they brought Maul into it, which was a wonderful tease. And there's all that lead up to, you know, those final scenes in Rebels. So you've got a nice defined chunk of time to fill in there as well. Um, I think it would be more based on on that than a single specific character. And also because all the actors, the lead actors involved are, you know, they can all turn up in movies. They've all got other stuff going on. You've got the opportunity then to bring them in, you know, staggered uh, and not necessarily have them in, everything that being said we've got Ewan McGregor coming up pretty soon on, on the Ober, on the Oberon series True. and he's yeah. certainly a big screen yeah. guy so so who knows but I think yeah I think it's more likely to be sort of based on that part of, of the galaxy you know the, the Crimson Dawn would be great to investigate I think be, you know, most people would enjoy seeing that get fleshed out a little bit more yeah I got that alright John uh, now it's time for your answer what do you think Olden Ehrenreich returning as Han Solo in Disney Plus um, well I have to stick to my guns with the make solo to happen thing and say yes. Otherwise, it'll Imagine be called. If you were a, like no. Yeah, yeah. No. Otherwise, I'll be called a fraud, right? But um, having said that, you know, we've talked about this on the on the podcast a few times. You know, I would be completely satisfied with that compromise that Mark suggests, where Han does show up and it's more than a cameo, where we do get to see more of him as the the jaded Han that he becomes at the end of Solo when everybody burns him. And we get to see him and Han maybe work for Chewie and do some things to get entangled into the web of what's going on with these crime syndicates. So I'm still hoping, yes, that we see the adventures of Han Solo, kind of like a young Indiana Jones series uh, with Alden and, and, and Jonas and you get Jabba, you get Boba Fett in there and sprinkle everyone in. But I'll be cool as long as we get both them back in the saddle and it's more than a, oh, was that Han Solo who just walked by? You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm saying yes, but I'm willing to compromise. Yep. All right, Lacey, what do you think? I think Alden will return as Han to a series on Disney+. Plus. Um, I don't know if it's his own series, like we've discussed so many times on the show, but... Um, I think it's just a missed opportunity for Lucasfilm and Disney not to do it, seeing as the fans want it. We're wearing shirts. Um, But also because it's just a really cool story that they could tell. Like Mark said, with uh, Crimson Dawn and everything, I think it's just there to be told. And I don't know what they're waiting for. Um, So, yeah, I think they definitely will. But I really like what Mark was saying, where it could be multiple characters kind of interlaced with each other and... Uh, you know, kind of like the solo universe type of different storylines intersecting and how they relate to each other within this bigger story that's being told. But not hmm. just in the background as, hey, I'm Han in the back of this bar. One episode came The back of a guy's <laughs> head and they're like, yeah, that's Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a vest. We swear it's Han Solo. Yeah. See the guy he calls everything. everyone yeah. kid. It's definitely Han Solo. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It turns around um, and it's Toro Calican from Mando, and I'm like, no! 
That is the ultimate yeah. nightmare, right? Yeah. That you know is it's my hard because he's got his boots on the table. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah. no. <laughs> um, I also am gonna say yes to this. Uh, I, I, I think. I think what's the most interesting thing to think about this is that when we do the big make solo two happen pushes, one of the top answers we get is like, uh, I don't know about that. I'd rather have a TV series. So people do lean towards the fact yeah. that they think it would be better as a TV series. The other side of this too, is that I, I feel some in some ways that solo is kind of like Tron uh, Solo is to Lucasfilm as Tron is to Disney, where Tron, like they they did Tron Legacy, they brought it back, they spent all this money, and they they were like, people are gonna lose their minds. This is um, an amazing film. It's a new franchise for us. We're gonna spawn this off into so many other things, and then it was just kind of like, meh. It did okay. It made its money back, and people were just kind of all right with it. And I think that that Disney is just still holding on to Tron so much they they just love it that they're they're given some time they're gonna try to go at it again. Um, Yet they made rides, I, Millennium, I mean, Millennium Falcon ride. Yeah, they and, made and the rides. Also the Tron ride. And then they're like, we're bringing the ride over to uh, the mm-hmm. states, and then we're gonna we're, we're we're doing it. We're finally gonna do it. It's been kicking around for years. We're doing that Tron three script. We we got Jared Leto. He's been involved for a long time, yeah. but uh, we signed him on, and he's agreed. So I, I mean, it's kind of a weird thing to compare that to something else. But the point is that I think they're. I've been a big Tron fan for a long time, and I'm excited to see that they're finally going through with it because I know they want to, and I know the people at Lucasfilm really have a lot of pride in Solo, and they're really happy with how that that uh, how it turned out. It's just a little bit of a bummer that it didn't make a billion dollars. Yeah. So. Um, that, that, that's where I'm standing on it. Um, and also, last question though, James, I mean, the obvious thing that everyone keeps bringing up is like, <laughs> where, where does Chewbacca fit in, uh, in future star Wars right now? If they're not bringing Ray and all them back, like, where is he going to be? Like, you don't not use Chewbacca in star Wars and Jonas is there just like, he doesn't make a lot of money to play Chewie. He wants to come back and do it. Like give people their Chewbacca and how else do you do it besides, on and uh, Chewie back, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it is a little bummer that Chewbacca is not like 800 years old because then they could have done the High Republic stuff, yeah, he could have been around then too, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, last question, uh, is actually coming from Commander uh, Adam Odal. This is another resistance officer question, so thanks for the support. Um, he wants to know, will the Mandalorian go the way as of so many other Star Wars projects before it and eventually divide fans? Lacey, <sighs> season one was great. Is season two going to be the jump the shark <laughs> season? I really honestly hope not. And I'm optimistic that everyone will continue to like Mandalorian. However... In the past probably like four months, I don't know if it's that people have been rewatching it or what. I've seen a lot of, uh, yeah, it's okay. It wasn't that great. And I'm like, huh, it's happening. <laughs> I'm getting really nervous. So um, I'm going to be positive and say it will not divide fans. People will continue to like it. They like Baby Yoda. They like The Mandalorian. They like everything else about it. They'll continue to like it. All right, John, what do you think? I, I agree with the the answer 
that it will not divide fans because I feel like the Mandalorian scratches an itch for every type of fan. Um, you have your OG fans who cognitively, for whatever reason, as incorrect as it is, separate the Rogue One and the Mandalorian from Disney Lucasfilm. They think Kathleen Kennedy <laughs> has nothing to do with these two projects. So, so, so the old grump, the old grumpy, uh, menacing guys are are cool with this show because they're like, oh, this is George Lucas Star Wars. I can tell. Dave Filoni, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Then you have the new fans who are like, Baby Yoda, we love all these new characters. This is awesome. Disney Plus, I'm all in. So I feel like everyone's kind of united around this show. And also, if you look at like Rebels and Clone Wars, how those shows ended, I don't think they divided fans. And that's all Dave Filoni. His hands are in the clay on this one too. Uh, I feel like the only thing with Star Wars that really divided fans was the attachment to Luke Skywalker and that legacy of the 40 years and what they thought that story would be and i think that was the biggest part of it and then you know you uh, you can add the grandchildren and ben solo and that stuff in there too you take that away and i think star wars isn't as divisive as 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 you think when you look at all the other types of stories so i'm gonna lean on no and that's a hope and a prayer throwing the ball to the end zone hopefully someone catches it hmm um I actually think that it probably will eventually. And I feel like season two is going to have a little bit of a, a thing. And I think the reason I'm coming from that is there's the, the always ever flowing, no expectations versus expectations. Yeah. And you know, when you look at something like um, the Mandalorian season one, no expectations. People are like, I don't know what to expect from that show. I don't even know what a ma- ma- uh, Mandaborian is. So <laughs> the thing is, is that, I think people went into it, low expectations. They really like it. And now that they really like it, they're going to go into that season two, uh, thinking that this thing is just going to like completely blow their minds because it's going to have, uh, Ahsoka in it and, and Ezra and Thrawn and Sabine and, and Kanan's coming back from the world between worlds. And <laughs> like, you know, Jeez. like everything's yeah. going to happen in that show and yeah. it's inevitably going to like disappoint and i i don't think anybody here in this conversation particularly is not going to like it because it's star wars and we just kind of like we learn the stories and we we adapt to the stories and things like that but Mm -hmm. um i do think that there you know i I think that even though rogue one had a big movie i think cassian andor still has like low expectations people are going to be like i don't know what that really is but whatever and it'll turn out to be pretty good i'm scared about obi-wan i'm actually scared that people are going to be like this is my favorite character in star Wars. And, um, you know, they better, they better do this right. Cause you only are going to get the one chance at it and all this other stuff. So lots of hype there, but Mark, I want to go back to, um, okay. Mandalorian season two. Do you think this is going to divide fans? Um, Oh, it, it shouldn't, but it will. Um, we, we've sort we've sort of stumbled into a, a period of fandom that is so contrary upon itself that it doesn't know whether it's coming or going because <laughs> if if you spend so long wishing for something then it arrives if it isn't exactly what you expect you just said headcanon if it isn't exactly what i demand it to be in my head uh, on the screen ticking every possible plot uh, box it could and to complete satisfaction then burn it all to the ground it, it's kind of you look left and look right and it's where's the where's the love for it anymore it's just chewing it over and and getting angry about it and i think season one you guys all said it as season one came out of left field nobody expected it to be what it was because nobody knew what it was going to be nobody knew what the tone was 
you know, no one had heard a beat of the music and that set the tone and, and then stagecraft has blown everyone's minds and that's been amazing and we've learned more about that. And, you know, you learn very openly through Disney Gallery how they brought the characters together, how they threw all the Easter eggs and everything else in lovingly. You know, it, it's, it's the most amazing souffle ever made, you know, of Star Wars. <laughs> And then, yeah. like you say, you go to season two, and now the expectation levels for season one were like here because it's Star Wars and it's Disney and they spend a lot of money on it. And it should be good, but now it's like here. Well, that's not attainable. That's trying to that's trying to make a film that's going to be as good as Empire Strikes Back sort of level. No film's never going to reach that, you know. Because, not because it couldn't be, not because it isn't. It's just an unattainable goal. It's what the Phantom Menace was up against. Um, mm. And we look back yeah. at that film far more fondly now, with given the distance of time, and it's a far better film than it ever got credit for. I think season two of Mando is going to fall into that, sadly, fall into that trap of people are going to be expecting Citizen Kane. It's not meant to be Citizen Kane, you know what I mean? Oh, Citizen Kane, I can't get away from it. <laughs> That's what they do. They're like yeah. Mandalorian season two, episode one, premiering this day, and then they just, they just link you to Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you start it, and it just plays that movie. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's 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 the unattainable expectation isn't it i just think whatever you get some some subsection of fandom was like well it didn't do this or it didn't show that or that character wasn't in it or whatever pick your pick your poison whatever if it isn't in there the whole thing's ruined and it's we we are i say we as a collective because we're all star wars fans whatever you you know your choice we're it, it, such a vocal fandom within our bubble of, of specifically social media, that all those thoughts will be out there and everybody will be reading and commenting on it. And it'll just, you know, I, I don't know what the people at Lucasfilm must think when all these, <laughs> these things come out, because they know they're putting a quality product out there and then they just must just sit there sometimes wringing their hands, go, oh God, another fire, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah. Oh God. It's weird. Like in the music industry, they call it the dreaded sophomore album because mm. it's like, it's like you can put out a first album and you can have a hit, but everybody has all eyes on that second record. If that second record isn't good, then your career is just done because nobody's going to come back for the third record. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Weezer did it, but you know. Well, yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure. Did they have a terrible second record? Um, well, a lot they? of people like it, like Cult Status, Pinkerton. Yeah. But after the Blue record, people are like, I wanted more of that. Just like what Mark said, like to a T. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, that's it for Will of the Force, guys. Um, John actually uh, uh, came up with a really cool discussion uh, to have with Mark specifically. So uh, let, let's get it started. John, what do you got? Obi Wan once thought as you do. The future of Star Wars. Last time Mark was with us, we discussed Star Wars saying goodbye to our legacy actors and characters. And a month or so ago on the podcast, we talked about the current state of Star Wars. Um, and now with Mark back, perhaps we can create balance in that force and look ahead to the future, to the horizon and take our minds off of where we are and what we're doing. So, um, just looking ahead, knowing what we have going on, um, Disney plus really carrying the luggage, uh, until they get the new set of films going, uh, 2023 that got bumped a year. Um, I'm going to start off with a, you know, a positive note in that. I'm really excited at the possibilities of things that Disney wouldn't greenlight potentially being greenlit now that the technology is there to lower budgets and take us to locations that you would have to uproot and move film crews to to film things like Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, one of my favorite Star Wars movies at this point, 
They had to go to the mountains of Italy. They went to Fuerteventura. Ventura. They went to all these places, um, probably multiple times because of how many times they filmed, you know, these certain parts of the movie. Um, the budget went upwards of 275 million. That can really be shrunken down. And, you know, maybe it gives you hope that you can get more solo stories and not just that, but other types of Star Wars storytelling that Disney may be like, I don't know about that. But, you know, dollars speak volumes. And when you have to use less of them, it's enticing for shareholders and uh, CEOs. So uh, I'm going to start there and just say I'm excited that the technology is continuing. Star Wars is once again leading the charge in this type of thing. Um, So Mark, what are you thinking about the future of Star Wars? Um, Is the technology widening the nets? Do you agree with me there? And are are anything else you want to talk about about the future of Star Wars, say the next 10 or 15 years that you're maybe speculating on or projecting on or hoping about? I think you're absolutely right. It, it is a topic we talk about a, a lot on on making tracks about stagecraft and and the opportunities that it gives, you know, Lucasfilm and Disney, and and also, you know, as it develops, you know, we had Hal Hickel on the show for you know for a couple of episodes, and he obviously couldn't talk a huge amount about season two, but what he could say sure. was, you know, it's going to blow your mind because w- what you saw in season one was all the background, the sets and stuff, but. Obviously, now there's the opportunity to to go a bit deeper with it and, and have more sort of characters in the distance and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, you know, let's say I'm a, I'm a Lucasfilm, say bean counter, accountant. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the numbers guy. I'm there. You know, somebody said, well, here's, here's your budget for for a Star Wars film. Here's your budget. Here's your two hundred million or whatever it might be. That no. guy's listening. He's like, "That's me." I'm exactly. That yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, and you're sitting there with your numbers, and you're trying to work it all out, and you're doing your location scouting. You know, the old Robert Watch thing, flying around the globe, trying to find cool places to film your movie. Um, and you budget it, and you get your actors, and la da da, it's all there on paper. And then somebody comes along and says, "Well, you don't need to go to Jordan, and you don't need to go to, like, say, Fort Minter, right. but you don't need to go to anywhere, wherever. We can do this in the volume." You know, it's what George wanted to do at the Grady Ranch sort of 10, 12 years ago. And I'm, I, I still think one of those world between worlds moments of what if you could step back and make that happen? You know, although yeah. that whole story is worth it for sort of the, the social housing aspect of it, but that's another story. Um, but, you know, <laughs> the, the, the whole thought of, um, you know, taking the cast and crew to a monster room and throwing up all these, you know, things on the wall and filming it there. And, okay, you know, I, I would imagine... Again, um, a lot of crew, a lot of people who work on locations, they're going to miss out in the short term whilst the technology spreads itself. Because of, that's a good point. You know, at the moment, Lucasfilm seems to be the and, and Disney are the company that have got that technology. Right. But it is an emerging tech. Pretty soon, there's going to be other companies that do things that are either advances on or similar to, and that spreads around the world. So all of a sudden, you don't have location filming so much you know you do have volumes dotted around the globe you know they'll stick one at the fox studios in on the gold coast they'll stick one at pinewood yeah they'll they'll be all yeah right you know and so those crews that would go out and film don't need to they just need to get stage time in a volume you know it'll be like trying to get your toys made on the in you know the factories in the far east because the the demand is so crazy it's it's difficult to get slots you know it could be a bit like that um but yeah i think the opportunity to your point you know cost is such a key thing when you've got shareholders you know on the on your quarterly yeah. calls it's a massive massive responsibility right it's good it's going to completely change the face of, of not just television but but cinema as well but then that's a broader conversation <laughs> you know the, the line right. between the two is so thin now it's barely barely worth 
you know, considering the difference. I think film and television is just one thing now. It's just the media you watch it. It'll be everybody filming in these volume things and Tom Cruise is like on Mars, like jumping <laughs> off of the planet. Flies Still, himself like, there. Yeah. 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 Practical stunts, okay? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. And films in <clears throat> volume on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's funny. I, uh, I am interested to see like when the volume breaks out of the Mandalorian. Like, uh, I imagine first we'll hear that there's other Disney properties, whether they're Disney Plus shows or other um, Disney entities of some sort. You know, like Disney Channel original movies, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, that that use utilize this point. this tech, um, and then you'll start to see it elsewhere. Like, um, I don't know, some other like HBO show is actually going to be using that same technology or something. You'll start to see it break out, but. Uh, but I mean, those are all good, really good points on as far as like that thing. I think John, you were you were saying just a couple of weeks ago, you think that the the movies will still like theaters might change what is shown in in you know all that stuff, and your big blockbusters are probably still going to go to the location because they're only going to be made by Christopher Nolan, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, and he's going to be like, see, see, this is the difference between seventy millimeter and you know, like, oh yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. He, he is only ever going to shoot on film, so you're probably going to still uh, need to go to those locations for those big, big, big things. But I think for everything else, especially in Star Wars, like they can be like, yeah, just throw up a Starfield on the back of there, and uh, yeah, we got a new show. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely think that that's a a very strong possibility. Um, I don't know. Lisa, what do you think? You go. have to think Adam uh, Sandler's a little nervous because we all know that he picks locations based on where he wants yeah. to vacation. So he's probably like, oh, no. And Netflix is like, that's right. We're <laughs> not that, paying that for your thing? vacations anymore. <laughs> that's yeah, that's thing? where his movies are is that he's like, I've always wanted to go to Monaco. And then that's where they shot the movie. So it so, all yeah. him and his friends. Like, I really want. I really want to take um, <laughs> uh, what's her face to Hawaii. So yeah. I'm just gonna just film Hawaii. fifty first dates. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was wondering why, like all his friends' movies now take place in really clear blue water islands because uh, he goes where do i want a vacation next yeah. like david <laughs> yeah. spade's like wrong missy which i thought was yeah. a, a heinous can movie. we get sandals it's, yeah they're like in jamaica <laughs> couples um, retreat yeah i i'm curious what you guys think about this do you ever think because he was like briefly in the gallery so george lucas has his little starbucks cup and they got to make a new funko george lucas with a starbucks cup at this point but um and he said something about like this is what I was you know envisioning uh, all those years ago whatever. Do you ever think he sees when he's on that set and he sees Filoni and Favreau working in the volume and like regret that he sold it and like thinks about what he could have done without having to do so much? Like, do you ever think there's that regret in him a little bit? I don't want to like recreate and Back to the Future this thing and what would have Star Wars have been if he didn't you know I don't want to go down that road. But do you ever think there's that little bit of regret in George for selling Star Wars? Yeah, I think there definitely was. I think it, there was probably sort of buyer's regret within weeks of selling Star Wars. And I think it's completely understandable. I mean, he was always, you know, it kind of happened by accident. And I always got the impression that kind of in a weird way, Indy was almost closer to his heart than Star Wars in, in many ways, because it was just an easier story to get a handle on, where Star Wars just became his own thing so quickly. Uh, you know, he created, you know, after after the Beatles, it was the next Beatlemania, wasn't it really, was Star Wars, you yeah. know, to that degree. And I don't think he ever expected it. And he always said, for since the first time I ever remember seeing him as a little kid, he always said he wanted to make his, I just want to make my little films, you know. 
And he, it was the thing he said when he sold the company, I'm going to go away and make little films that no one's ever going to see, you know. Yeah. yeah uh, and right. he's probably made a dozen of them and we've never seen them, you know. But, yeah, yeah. I think um, it's completely understandable that, you you know, you create something to, this, to the state and to the level of Star Wars. Good grief. I mean, look at all of us, you know, talking at, but you know, for me, at you know, silly o'clock in the morning, and I wouldn't get up for anything else like this, you know, and yeah, happily do right. it, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. I talk to you guys any time of the day, of course, but you know, it's it's <laughs> likewise. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. You know, it's Star Wars, and and it's had such an effect, and you know, we travel halfway around the world to get a celebration, and yada yada yada, all that. Oh, Silent Why, all those things that you know that you would go and see and do because it's Star Wars, and George yeah. made that, and. The amount of the millions who would just love to meet the guy and shake his hand just once. He could stand there like, you know, like the most made man in Hollywood and just, thank you, thank you, thank you, you know. Oh, yeah. So to, to walk away from that and, and do what he did must have been an absolute mind blower. But then, like you say, all of a sudden somebody else is steering Star Wars and other people are writing Star Wars and, and your opinion which before was completely that's the this is the way there you go bad pun you know <laughs> suddenly, it's kind of not it's other people are now steering that ship yeah you're right I, I got the sense on Mandalorian almost more than anything else he must have looked at that and thought this is exactly what I was kind of thinking and I think George is the kind of guy where if, if you wrote down the 10 things that Stagecraft was and compared it to the 10 things that he wanted to do you'd probably see that 8 out of the 10 are basically the same thing but my, my, mm-hmm. my read of George is that because the two things are different, then it's all different. So he wouldn't claim that this was his vision or anything because it's not exactly yeah. the same. You, you know what I mean? But I think he's kind of magnanimous mm-hmm. enough to realize that, you know, and tech's moved on. And, and But he's a tech guy, isn't he? Good grief, Lucas. Right. All the, the 80s was all about the tech and building. And he was, only, he was only 68 when he sold it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, Spielberg's still doing stuff and there's plenty of people in there. Well, into, look at how, God, how old John Williams. I mean... Didn't yeah. he score Moses coming down from the mountain? Actually, in real time, yeah. there, right. you know. Um, but uh, Marshall's still involved with Jurassic, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just as a brief aside, you mentioned I, I, I saw the eight episodes of Camp Cretaceous today, and when it's on Netflix next month, watch it. It's really, really good. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, I, yeah, I do. I, it's me rabbiting again because I'm. I do that. But yes, I do think there was probably a regret. And I think Mandalorian was the moment more than any where he probably looked and thought, ah, this would have been absolutely perfect. This would have been, you know, Clone Wars would have finished all those years ago. We'd have had another series. Might not have been Rebels, but we would have had another series. Might have had Resistance. Yeah. Would have had another, you know, other stuff would have filled the gap. Because I don't think Lucasfilm with George at the helm was ever going to do loads and loads and loads of stuff. It would have been right. much more defined and, you know, a different way of doing it. But, Rick McCullum, I interviewed him years and years and years ago, 2007 or something like that, and he was sort of saying, "Now, George, it was all digital, digital cinema, and how we're going to get stuff out to people, and what's the what's the avenue? And we'd love to do this, you know, the old underworld thing. We'd love to do this Star Wars TV series, but each episode is going to cost 20 million, and no network's going to pay for that. This is pre-streaming. Mm. They didn't know that was coming. You know, all of a sudden you put things like Netflix and Amazon and all these things, and now Disney Plus on the table. Yeah. It's a new environment. I think it would have. I think George would have absolutely thrived and it would have given him a shot of energy again so yeah what was the question it almost feels it almost oh yeah well, i was gonna say like because you know uh in terms of like i guess uh passing the torch it almost feels like favreau um from uh maybe not so much a story writer's perspective although he did create the mandalorian but even the tech stuff it's almost like 
he's like the new George Lucas and everyone's like looking to him for the answers right now. Yeah. Um, do you guys think, I know we talked about this James and Lacey on the Mando fan show a lot about how like George Lucas kind of looked grumpy on the set when he's visiting. He doesn't look like a happy guy anymore, but like, you know, we, we've speculated on Favreau maybe being a, a big player. I know Lacey, you've talked about that a lot too, right? What do you mean? Big player? Like Favreau in the future of, for Lucasfilm being a potential, um, player in the game for the future of the franchise. Yeah, I think there's a lot there that Favreau can do with Star Wars if he's given the role of someone that's leading the ship. I mean, look what he's done for Star Wars currently. He's created an entire new way to do Star Wars content that not only changes that just for the Star Wars universe, but also potentially future TV and movies for everyone, for the Mm -hmm. entire industry. I mean... I see stuff online all the time where people are already replicating that technology in other places because all the technology within the volume isn't proprietary. It's They can take those pieces anywhere and build it from anything because he didn't use anything that's IP. It's all stuff that already exists. Oh, so, really? So none yeah. of it can be like, I am I own that and you have to rent that technology for me? Or yeah, I don't, nothing. It, I don't it's think already so. exists. Yeah. Even in the, even in the gallery, he's like, so it's a TV set. <laughs> like he's showing like the Lion King behind the scenes. He's like, it's a TV set, basically. Yeah. It's stuff that they had. John Favreau had been waiting, similar to George, for it to be created and get to the point that it is now. Yeah. But it's all things that have already existed. John Favreau has just figured out how to make them work with the right team. John oh, Favreau, right. more than anything else, is the creative guy and the team builder guy. He's the guy that has the ideas and knows what he wants to do and has the vision. But more than anything else, he's the person that will find that person to help him do that thing. And I think he does it better than anybody almost in Hollywood mm. where he I, finds that perfect that. team of, hey, I want to build this digital set. Let me go to ILM. I'm going to go to this person. I want this evil villain. I'm going to get Giancarlo Esposito because I know he's the best. Yeah. I want to make a really good grilled cheese. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. His chef show too. He goes to the best chefs. Like he goes to Wolfgang Puck to make an omelet. Like who does what? He doesn't swing and miss so far, right? Like has Favreau had a a misfire yet that I can think of? I mean, some might say Iron Man 2. Like yeah, maybe, Iron Man 2 was kind of... Mm. Yeah, maybe. I quite but, like Iron Man 2. Do you guys... So, Mark, you know, we, we've talked about the potential of... And I, I did too. I, I'm a Mickey Rourke guy. But um, I don't know. Like, where are you with Favreau? Like, do you think... Um, could you see him uh, sticking around? Could you see him, like, being enticed to, you know... Because uh, I know he doesn't... He likes to stay in California, from what I understand. So I don't know if he'd want to be a guy going over to England and Pinewood all the time and doing the Kathleen Kennedy thing. Do you think he could stick around beyond the Mandalorian in Star Wars? Um, Potentially. I mean, I suppose you you say about traveling and and, and not wanting to be outside of California. I mean, JJ never wants to leave, does he? And and George wouldn't have gone on much on the set of Empire if if things hadn't gone awry with the finances. So he can kind of direct from a distance. and, And, you know, George was looking after the ILM stuff. He... The way Lacey explained um, Favreau to me just feels kind of like very much like the way George was, you know, get the right people in. It, there's a vision and a through line. Um, it's like, a, I don't have to be the best, but I'll yeah, get the best. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. And, and picking, picking a good team, it's like any coach, it's sports, isn't it? You know, 
Um, picking the right people is so essential, and you don't need you don't need a team of of eleven superstars to to make a great team. You know, you've got to you know you need your heroes, and you need the people that make everything happen. And I think George was right. good at pulling that together. Uh, and it seems he, he like did fabulous. not direct two of the three original trilogy. You know. <laughs> Exactly. That's a really good point. Exactly that. You know, you put the right people in the right places. And so Favreau, I think, with, I think Mandalorian, well, it is, it's his baby. And I think it's probably going to run three, four, five seasons comfortably, you know, without without yeah. batting an eyelid. And you kind of think, well, if this does the numbers for season two that people kind of expect it will. I mean, Disney Plus was built on the Mandalorian. You could You could confidently say that it was the big hitter that brought people in originally. If season two does well and Lady and the Tramp though. No, no. <laughs> yeah, <good> yeah. <laughs> Didn't Favreau play the lady? Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Um, or was he the meatball? I can't remember. But you know, the yeah. um you know, it's it's he he's probably got carte blanche to to pitch other clearly, pitch other ideas. But I think broader than just being involved with Star Wars and Lucasfilm, because you know, he did all that stuff for Marvel. And, yeah, and then he goes and does Jungle Jungle Book and Lion King for Disney, yeah. you know, which are both monster, pretty much the two biggest live action things they've done, give or take, you know, beating the bases. Right, right. But, you know, the, you know monster I would hit. say that they based their live action stuff, like, off of that, of how well that stuff did. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and he's, he's, like you say, he's not, he's swung and he's not missed yet, you know. This, like I say, we all joke about <laughs> Iron Man 2, but it made great money. It made nearly as much as the first one, so it was a massive sure. hit and... You know, and all the the stuff that spun off the back of that, and took a big risk on Robert Downey Jr. and it hit huge. And he and he directed Elf, didn't he? So that that puts him yeah. in the good. He did oh, but, that's but, such you a know, good movie. I I think yeah, I think he he's got the keys to the kingdom, but not just the Star Wars kingdom. I think the, the Disney kingdom. I think, and it's it's boring to say it, but I think it's probably true. In in the Star Wars sphere, as long as you keep him Filoni around, who seems to have a handle on most elements of especially storyline to make it all yeah. lore together. Yeah. 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 And that's so important within the sphere of star Wars, you know, storytelling and fandom and everything else. It's way bigger of a deal than it is in any other, any other fandom. You know, DC can have six Batman turn up in one film. That's great. Cause that works for DC, but it wouldn't work for star Wars. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's important. So, yeah. I bet that was Favreau's kind of biggest challenge heading into a star Wars project is, how do I get people like Dave Filoni to be on my side? Mm. Like he's such a lovable guy, but I could be from my own perspective, like nervous that I'm like, all right, I got to work with this guy. He knows everything. Like I want him to be on my side. And luckily it worked out and they seem to get along really, really well. Um, But I can only imagine if it didn't go that way, how bad it could have been. But he doesn't seem intimidated by the knowledge in that sense. No. Disney Gallery, I think, showed that. You know, when you're, he's at he the was table. like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's at the table. He's he's the head of the table. Yeah. He's got all those ILM guys, you know, Hal and all those guys. and mm-hmm. he's, he's Tony Soprano. Totally. He, and he's, st- he's leading that. I mean, I don't know if you have, was it Dinner for Five that he did a few years ago? You know, the, the chat yeah. show. He yeah. led every table. And you could have had any, you know, any megastar on that table. And it always filtered through to Favreau leading, steering it. And you think that's a microcosm mm-hmm. view of probably how he runs a show. So everything yeah. filters through him. That's a great point. And there's yeah. confidence. If I ever from... interview, oh, yeah, sorry. go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say there's just this confidence from the people at that in that team, whether they're on the table, wherever, that he's the guy that's going to steer everybody in the right direction. Yeah, I was going to say. Speaking of like how he steers everything and knows everyone, I bet if you were to 
if I was to ever interview Favreau, I'd be like, what's the weirdest phone number in your phone? Like, whose <laughs> number is the weirdest number that you have in your phone right now? Because <laughs> I can only imagine what his his phone right. book looks like. He's just scrolling through all these like crazy people. Yeah, He probably still has Nikki's phone number from Swingers. Who never felt uh, <laughs> them back. Favreau is funny because he's like, he, his first meeting with Dave Filoni was like, hey, uh, Star Wars special, uh, the Christmas special. That's a that's a canon, right? You, you mean know? George? <laughs> Dave Filoni? No, yeah. John. John Favreau meeting uh, Dave Filoni. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, yeah, the, the holiday special. That's all canon, right? And uh, he's like, no, it's not. And he's like, yeah, it's canon. <laughs> like that's John Favreau just being like, it's 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 canon to me, think, and so therefore it's canon. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the relationship with the. Uh, Filoni and recently he had said something about how <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy deserves a lot of credit for letting him go visit the sets of episodes eight and um, potentially nine maybe it was seven and eight I don't know but he was definitely on eight to learn um, on while well, the, the job is happening because he wanted to get more into live action and I think he takes more from Favreau than Favreau takes from him mm-hmm. granted he helps him with the connectivity of the story without a doubt but in terms of like movie making and stuff like that like Favreau is the cock of the walk for lack of a better phrase like he's strutting his stuff like Vince McMahon walking into the room right and so <laughs> that they, walk they is flo- ridiculous if it's the walk, walk I'm t- you're talking about you know what yeah that's, that's the, the Conor McGregor yeah yeah right so but um I wanted to I wanted to ask you Mark in terms of I don't want to say leadership and I don't want to, you know, light a fire here, but sure. there's always this buzz of, and we've talked about, you know, what we hear that Disney's going through shakeups and a lot of studios are going through shakeups during this COVID stuff. Yeah. And they're using this as an opportunity, as Lacey said, to jostle things and whatever. Do you think um, Kathleen Kennedy lasts beyond her current contract uh, or wh- where do you think she's at? Um, all due respect, she's in her mid to late sixties now. I don't know her exact age but yeah around 68 or so around like yeah. where george was when he sold it yeah yeah and i think blimey i mean to be in charge i mean she's been in charge what eight years now um yeah and look at the stint she's done the show she's launched the film she's made the money she's brought in and the things that she's overseen um i don't know i mean uh, to me her, her passion for it doesn't seem to have diminished at all um and it's again, it's going back to the Favreau conversation. It's you put the right people in the right positions, and you know you make hay all day, yeah. don't you? You know, I, I, right. my my head. I mean, I don't think she gets anywhere near the respect that she should for her career in Hollywood. Apart oh, from Star Wars, she's the number. She's number two money making producer of all time under bit. Kevin Feige. Oh, really? Which, Feige? No, behind Feige. Wow. Which is interesting because Feige is kind of an anomaly in itself. Yeah. Like when she when she got into Star Wars, she was number one. Okay, there you go. And Feige just kind of came out of nowhere, yeah. obviously, because of the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, stuff. Uh, the most beautiful one trick pony ever, isn't it? Feige's producing, <laughs> <laughs> bless him. Uh, uh, and he calls there's all the rumors of him doing a Star Wars project, isn't there? So, but um, yeah, you yeah. know. But I think I, I think. Well, I mean, for my part, I, I think if whatever she decides to do is fine by me. Whether she. If she's happy with the stint she's done if she decides to move on to something else and focuses on yeah. Kennedy Marshall and, and does that great if she decides to stay and pick up for longer great um, I don't know what my gut tells me on that one I, I think she's probably going to stick around for, for a, a bit longer I, I don't oh, see wow, her okay. going quite yet I don't know how much longer is left on her contract 
Um, Next year. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a bit like the Iger situation, isn't it? There was always, you know, like trying to get Disney Plus launched, trying to get the park sorted. It was almost like he kept extending, let's get this, let's get to this, and then I'll go. Let's get to this, and then yeah. I'll go. And yeah. now with COVID, yeah. it's like we've kind of lost a year, and I, I think there might be an element of, well, you know, and I know she's monster busy, but you know, let's get she to the next. She extends her film. contract for two more years. Yeah, just to yeah to get to yeah. twenty three and get that next film out, and then she can, you know, she'll be. If she says she's 68, then she'll be in her 70s. And, you know, for anyone, you, you want to start winding it down a little bit. The pressure at that level and in that position must be incredible. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, interesting. I, uh, anything else you guys want to add to that? Because I have another topic that I'd like to switch to. No, I mean, we, we always like, it always seems to go around whenever we have a guest, we, you know, like to try to get their vibe on it because it's step outside mm-hmm. of our bubble. So I'm just curious where Mark was on that. Because um, I, I, I think this might be it for her um but she could always parent trap it and just switch with connie (laughs) Mm -hmm. no where's connie yeah we haven't seen her since the premiere we're worried about connie i'm the only Um, one in the fandom that keeps bringing up connie i'm gonna keep it going (laughs) well we found out she had a twin sister it was like the old wwf when there was the two referees that were twins and we didn't know what was going on like i yeah i did not know that kathleen Kennedy had a twin sister that was a that was the bigger plot they look exactly alike too yeah they're yeah. definitely identical. All, all of a sudden, I want to do that Reddit joke where it's like, but don't ever forget that in 1993, mankind threw the Undertaker off the cage. <laughs> oh, you know what yeah, I'm talking about? The hell in the cell, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. hell in the cell. Yeah. Um, no, the other, the other thing I, I want to bring up is I, 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 I got to think, you know, they when they launched the Disney Plus thing, they were like, movies, theaters, big screens, right? And then Disney Plus, that's going to be us to do the television shows for for animation and live action television shows and stuff. But it just, we're hearing so many rumors about, you know, uh, uh, Enfys Nest show and Crimson Dawn show and, and, and Solo and and Confirmed Ones even, Mando. Yeah. All all this other stuff. (laughs) Just so many different shows. It it almost doesn't make any sense to me that like, Hey, they're, they're working on these projects and they have these ideas and they really like the, the, the concept of moving forward with these, but they're like, Hmm, we got a greenlit four hours of content on, on these. Why don't they just greenlit two hours of content on one of these and do the crimson on movie for Disney plus. Then it's not a whole show. It's not expected for a second season. They just did the show Disney plus the volume I think so much has changed since they said we're going to make this the the television outlet and this and the the movies are always going to stay special up here. Um do you guys do you guys really think that fans are going to be like uh, like Crimson Dawn show it's 2 hours and that's a movie and my movie my Star Wars movies are supposed to be special. You think it would be better if they were just like uh how about four half an hour episodes of Crimson Dawn? They're like, yay, my movies are still special. <laughs> you know? I'm like, I don't see the oh, difference here. I think it's a different type of storytelling, though, uh, between serialized uh, television and um, a feature. Because you have to get to certain points quicker in features than you can in TV. That's how I understand it. But I don't know what you guys think. But. It, yeah. I just want all the Star Wars content. I don't care if it's a movie, if it's a TV show, <laughs> music video. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just so Mark, Mark. You think you think they could do Star Wars movies on Disney Plus? Yeah. I guess is what James is getting at. Yeah, yeah. Again, it, was, it came up on on making tracks. Um, 
talking about you know reduced budgets and and you know what the scope for doing these things is yeah. um and just say I, I can't believe we actually got an earl hebner reference into a podcast like this that's fantastic yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um yeah um i do i think i think stop i mean oh blimey where do i start with this one um without talking about things <laughs> for about two hours star wars when star wars started out big screen you know, major motion picture event, changed the course of Hollywood, changed everything, changed the, you know, it was in the zeitgeist, it changed pop culture, it just blew up like crazy. But if Star Wars hadn't have blown up like crazy, then the sequel to Star Wars might not have been The Empire Strikes Back. It could have been a TV movie version of Splinter of the Mind's Eye. You know, life could have been very, very different. But it's still had the yeah. holiday special, though, so things aren't all bad. So, you know, life, <laughs> life could have been completely... Two you know, holiday special references. Oh, kind of enough, can you? you know, and, and, you know, we work our way through the history of, of Star Wars, and, you know, every three years, Circus comes to town, major movie, 16-year gap between Jedi and Phantom Menace, and it's the same pattern again. But now we're in a, an era where we're 40 years plus into Star Wars, and not only fandom has changed, not only has... You know, the genre changed completely. You know, when Star Wars came out, there was nothing to compare. You know, Star Wars brought back Star Trek and set off all those, you know, Black Hole, Galactica, all the stuff that spun off from Star Wars yeah. that you can sort of trace the lineage. Now Star Wars is one of many franchises and it's not the only party in town. And it's not necessarily the biggest anymore in terms of, you know, pure box office like it always seemed to be different marketplace and now we've talked about it tonight you've got stagecraft you've got disney plus you've got all the other avenues of, of you know of star wars where storytelling can happen and if you did a star wars tv movie let's say it's a crimson dawn thing it's not like comparing crimson dawn to caravan of courage it's a it's a different baby you know, <laughs> right. but it's essentially a tv of the week it is lady in the tramp that we talked about earlier you know there's all the talk at the moment there was a, a poll online of people saying you know black widow where do you want to see Black Widow? It's like thirteen percent were like we don't mind if it's TV or cinema, uh, and and another, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, and another percentage was like, oh, it's got to be the cinema. But fifty-five percent were like, we don't care, we just want to see it. Stick it on Disney Plus. You know, mm-hmm. me, I want to see it at the cinema. I've heard, I've got a friend of mine works on it. I've heard great things about it. It's to me, it's a big screen movie. It would be a shame if it never came out on the big screen. But given the way of the world at the moment, outside of COVID, just the changing face of of you know the delivery methods for films. Get it out there. If they can make the money back and, and make a penny and everyone's happy and, you know, it all works, then do it. So I think Star Wars, big tentpole, major um, sort of saga level, if you want to put it in that way, um, Star Wars, that's that's one thing. And that and, and to me, that kind of feels clear okay, what that yeah. is. You know what I mean? But then you could do yeah. a Star Wars TV movie that went directly to Disney Plus that did tell a different kind of story and would still look incredible and have great actors and you know it could work i i yeah, yeah i think what i think to to sum, summarize kind of what i think you're saying is like back in the day the theater is used to be like the big thing like that was the biggest you could be that was the event the the movie that everybody went to see and nowadays like Stranger Things season two, you know, yeah. is yeah. the event, and like people are watching the finale of games of Game of Thrones and stuff, and it's like or Walking Dead or whatever, like certain specific properties within film and storytelling in live action format have changed. Where I I don't think it's any like diminishing to Star Wars to come in and be like, hey. When we put out our television show, we're the number one show. Yeah. We're, the, we're the biggest show there is, yeah. 
you know the biggest television property there is when it when it drops every time it drops you know what i mean just the same way as like back in the day it used to be every time a new star wars movie came out it was number one always it just blew everything outside of the water i think you know just as long as we adapt to the right mediums i don't think we have to just keep the star wars films special especially when it comes down to where we started this conversation the budget aspect like they'll greenlit four hours of content for a television for a season of a television show, but they won't greenlit two hours of content to do I, a side story, a one-off that, side story. I you know? I agree. I I think Mark nailed it in terms of again that compromise, um, which you do so well, Mark. And I don't know how mm-hmm. you do it, but you do it. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> you can make the TV movies, but kind of showcase it in a way like. Don't worry, like you're still getting the big one with the popcorn and it's coming. And, and then you give you the episode 10 and you blast it up on the IMAX, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so let me then segue that before. Uh, do you have time for a few questions? I don't, I don't want to keep you too yeah, long. Yeah, I'm but. good. I'm fine. Okay. Okay. So some people are like, oh, you know, gotta get out. So, sleep, sleep. I'll sleep later. I'm driving. All right. Too. I'll All sleep right. then. It's fine. So, um, do you, so the next movie is 2023. It's Taika. We all assume it's... Uh, they're aiming for you know theatrical re- release on that um do you do you well, so first question do you think that is going to be kind of uh its own thing or do you think they're going to use taika to launch some new trilogy or set of films um i we talked about this and i think it's easy to look at taika and think because he's got such a unique sort of world view you know it's him that, yeah. that you know he's he's his own thing i mean i Pretty much my favorite Marvel movie is, is Ragnarok. I just adore that Me film. too. I love, love it. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Just everything is pitch perfect. And I think that that angle on Star Wars could be really could be really prosperous. It could really be something special. You know, sort of dash of hitchhikers and just 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 twisting a few little little elements. Yeah. You know, Imagine if he got solo years ago. Oh, we would have gotten. It would have been that could have been crazy. Really yeah. interesting. I still want. I still want his movie to be solo too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but solo TW. Imagine this whole time it is. <laughs> we just don't yeah. know it the whole time. <laughs> but I think. I think part, part of me thinks it will be a standalone. It'll be its own thing. But he seems. Mm-hmm. He okay. seems to be enjoying being part of it. You know, being in the Mandalorian, directing the episodes, and I think he mm-hmm. likes being around it. And and it feels now almost going back to the Favreau conversation is that Star Wars is a broad enough palette now that you could dip in and go away, come back, dip in, go away, come back, you know. Um, yeah. And also because you think of Taika and you think of the humor and the witticism and the slightly off kilter weird angle that he could bring to something, you know, again, Ragnarok, you know, it did that Guardians of the Galaxy thing. And it's the, the, the freshest view on space I can ever remember seeing since Star Wars was Guardians. I wanted to travel around in that galaxy. It was just visually beautiful and Ragnarok had that touch about it as well I think yeah. you bring a bit of that so you kind of had a, a that, you know the, the Rings of Kafreen in Rogue One kind of has that that sort of vibe about it you know just things that are a little bit more like ooh yeah I didn't expect to see that I think Taika could bring you something like that but also I might be underselling the guy he could have the most serious like on point mind blowing Star Wars story in him and tell it in a real serious full on like holy why you know i did not right. see that coming so to, to talk about his humor and his in his comedy and his his you know his just view on things that you kind of expect Tiger to do he might have hey he might have a citizen cane in him you know he might have something that's just <laughs> insanely you know insanely like where did this come from this is 
everything I didn't know I was missing from Star Wars. So I'm I'm ready to be blown. Padawan Kane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying. I was just about to look up his quote that I absolutely loved from the gallery where he said something like it, it made me realize he gets Star Wars. And oh, know, you gotta you gotta take it seriously when it doesn't take itself seriously. He's or like, something like he that. said it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it knows its importance or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it made me feel like kind of like because sometimes, like you said at the very beginning of this podcast, Mark, when it was talking about um, the divisiveness of the fans and whatever. I think fans have taken Star Wars and painted this new picture that it has to be so serious. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And sometimes you need to flip Grounded, it up on its head gritty. and and be reminded that IG88 isn't necessarily this awesome badass yeah. uh uh bounty hunter because he is. It's because they had to staple his feet to the floor yeah. and that's why he was the way he was. Yeah. You know, and I feel like Taika gets that and that's what really excites me. And now you're adding into the, you know, his visual element and all the things he is capable of doing and you got the New Zealand f- effect coming in, you got the Lord of the Rings and the visual. I'm so excited about it. The only thing that upsets me is that they just pushed it back <laughs> over the year. But the I guess the last question I have before we get to listener questions is do you think um, Daisy, Boyega, and Isaac will come back, any of them. And when do you think... Because I think Daisy's the most likely. When do you think they would bring her back, if if you think they will? Um, well, we know Oscar's coming back when he needs a new house, so that's that's an easy answer. <laughs> Can you, uh, um, what a line to give in the middle of a pandemic. I, know, I, know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think... I mean, I think episode 10... I mean... George did mention one to twelve, so you know they're not. You know they can spin that one easily if they want to. <laughs> um, I think. I mean, personally, I think that's at least a decade away if they do it at all with those characters. If they don't just decide to step it on a hundred years or whatever, they can go yeah. however far they want now. And that, True. You know. Um, oh, I don't know. I think. I mean, I think as actors, they all know, not Oscar. It was kind of different for him. I mean, you know, he came into Force Awakens and originally. Poe wasn't going to get out of Force Awakens. He died, didn't he, in right. the TIE fighter crash? So, and it was just because he was so cool in it and he enjoyed it that, that JJ sort of expanded it. So uh, that kind of makes him slightly different. And he was already a name. You know, he'd already done substantial work before and he's done substantial work after. He's got June coming out, which everyone's, you know, going yeah. loopy about. Um, or Dunk, as I call it, if you look at the logo. Um, That's the yeah. like um, but, but John and Daisy, that film made them. So I think John and Daisy need to go off and do other things and, and be busy elsewhere. And then if, if it feels right, you know, if, the, if they're not doing, you know, the local convention at my nearby, you know, <laughs> village hall in five years' time, um, which I don't think they will be, but, you know, yeah. then perhaps. And I think, I think, you know, I wouldn't expect to see either of them or, or, or any of them at, at the next two or three celebrations. I would imagine they would probably want to put a bit of distance and focus on their careers, and that's completely understandable. Um, but I think in time, but I do think, you know, I mean, John and Daisy, what, both 28, 29, I think they'll probably be in the 40s. If that, yeah. yeah, they'll probably be in the 40s before you see them again. Um, well, but, but I think that's fine because now Star Wars, you know, talking about Taiki, you know, if he takes us off in a new direction, if Hot Republic becomes more than they probably originally envisioned it to be, yeah, that's a new era, you know. There's, there's places they can take it. And I'll just make one little point, just one quick thing, stepping back to sure. Solo, that... <clears throat> Excuse me. I did the maths a while ago, and um, Billy D. Harrison and Carrie 
the age difference between the three of them is exactly the same as the age difference between Millie Bobby Brown, Alden Ehrenreich, and Donald Glover. You look at the dates of birth, it's exactly the same distance. Is that right? Yeah. So I'm just putting that out there. If the, oh, you know, boy. Because, <laughs> because I think it's about Indiana Jones. You know, they, they, they you know, apparently we're getting a new Indy in a couple of years and Harrison's going to be in it. And, you know, how they're going to do that, I don't know. But I don't see any reason why you couldn't cast a younger actor to play Indy. And, and you know, there's, what was it? Temple of Doom set in 1935, Raiders in 36, Last Crusades in 39. And then right. there's that big gap, the war years before Crystal Skull. I don't see any right. reason why you couldn't make a new Indiana Jones film set between Raiders and and Last Crusade and just have a different actor in that role. And it's all part of the same timeline. We're not stupid. We know it's not Harrison Ford, but you know what I mean? Right. And they could do the same with Star Wars. They could tell a Star Wars original trilogy story set between Star Wars and Empire with different actors if they want to do it. The options are limitless. And it goes right back to what we've been saying about stagecraft makes it affordable. Visual effects technology, good grief. Look at the dirt fakes they're doing now. I know that's a divisive subject. Oh, but yeah. It's getting better every time you see it. It's like, that's really, yeah. I think it's an app now. Good grief. You can't believe anything. I mean, is that really you on my screen, John? Or is that that's, somebody I else? mean, that's, that's scary, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's scary. It's incredible. Man. So. I left the podcast a half hour ago. Someone else is here now this talking very to you. Good. This is very, Imagine they don't make Solo 2 happen, but they bring Alden in to play Harrison Ford in the new indie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dream, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah. Solo 2. <laughs> uh, he wears the cowboy hat in Hail Caesar. So, um, um, all right. So uh, we do have um, some questions from our viewers uh, to fire at you here. Um, so here we go. Hope you're ready. I've been wondering. Uh, this first one's from Neil at Lowry Neil. What is going on? Neil's such a good guy. What's up, Neil? Um, he's from your neck of the woods, actually, he so is, he's yeah. probably sleeping right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, do you want Star Wars filmmakers to... You kind of touched on this before. Do you want Star Wars filmmakers to film at real locations for movies, or does the Mandalorian technology make it cheaper to not do it? So I guess do you want more movies to still go on locations or not? Yeah, there's there's, a, there's definitely there there will definitely be the occasion and the instance to do stuff on location, and and it might be. I mean, we said this on making tracks. You know, the assumption is is that stagecraft is just it's got to be cheaper than going on location, hasn't it? It's got to be. It's just got to be. It's not necessarily the case. We don't know the costings. We don't know how much these things cost. Because, you know, stagecraft is one thing, and and setting yeah. it up and stage time, studio time is monster expensive. So. At this point of time, it's an assumption. It's not necessarily a specific fact, but I think in time, you know, a lot of shows, and it goes back to, uh, you know, something that you were saying earlier. I think James said, you know, big movies will be on the big screen and smaller films will be on your streamers. And, you know, if you're going to make a, you know, a Jane Austen period piece and you can go and film it at an old country house in the UK and get your crew out there and film it, it's probably still cheaper than shipping them all to the States and filming it on a volume or whatever, you know, it, it would suit. That's certain, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it would suit, 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 suit certain scenarios. <laughs> That's <laughs> a, t- that a tough one. one. That is a tough one. Yeah. Um, but, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think it will suit certain things, but I think really as we move forward for the most part, st- it's, it's what George said, wasn't it? You know, years and years ago, how, I mean, Phantom Menace always got painted um, <laughs> that's a weird choice of word, but almost got painted as an animated film because, you know, there was so much going on visually with what was happening and so many characters that weren't actually tangibly yeah. there in the room. 
you know, and it, it feels like now Star Wars. I mean, this was a thought I had a long time ago. Is that I, I can see a scenario where you film a Star Wars project, and you've got your visuals going on, all your CG and all your CG characters, and then you get three or four years down the line, and we've got a good eye. I was watching Jurassic World the other day, and I'm watching the the Raptors in Jurassic World on my nice digital television, and you can just it's just starting to show its age a little bit, which seems ridiculous, even though it still looks incredible. I agree with you. But I think you'll get to a scenario where if it's on Disney Plus and Lucasfilm have complete control of their own property on Disney Plus and they want to replace that horrible Yoda puppet in Phantom Menace with a CG Yoda, <laughs> for example, that you're watching Disney Plus and all of a sudden you're watching a version of whatever and they quietly go away and re-render it and they make the graphics a little bit better and it's, hate we've got like, you know, 7K HD now or whatever. You can see, you can see inside the pores on their skin. And, you know, and yeah. uh, and they can just make it that much better and they re-render it and they put it out on Disney+. Plus. They don't even tell you when you're looking going, God, I don't remember what I looking that good. You know, and they, <laughs> they just keep doing it. This wine is really working yeah. tonight. Uh, yeah. it's, off or whatever. it's funny, it's starting... It's starting to look like the 30 Rock Seinfeld vision. <laughs> like Jerry Seinfeld just shows up in all the day. Star Wars movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I gotta watch this show. Yeah. John, you're missing out. It's so good. Yeah, I'll, yeah I gotta add it to my list oh, uh, yeah, after I yeah. finish Lost, which uh, you guys are saying I shouldn't. But um, all right, Mark, are you are you, uh, are you a collector? Do you collect uh, figures? or You have that room, I know, with all the crazy stuff. Yeah. So I'm gonna assume the answer is yes. Yeah, I'll get bits of everything, um, yeah. All right, so Andrew Staley at Deuce Staley, Deuce underscore Staley. What's up, Andrew? He wants to know, uh, why do you think that the Clone Wars merch has been pushed out more instead of sequel trilogy stuff? Both have reached a sort of end, but it seems like the sequel trilogy stuff has been pushed aside uh, in terms of merch. Um, have you felt that? Have you have you heard that from people too? A yeah? little bit. And I think mainly with, with anything like this, it all comes down to sales. I mean, you know, these companies, you know, tooling is expensive, production's expensive. Uh, a lot of what gets released, it has to be said, isn't dictated by Hasbro or, or General Giant or anything. It all comes from Disney. So it's their decision nine times out of ten, um, mm-hmm. apart from your sort of your occasional fan polls and such. But it, it really is down to what they think will sell. You know, it's like why with, with Hasbro figures, you get so many um, armored characters. You know, they've traditionally always sold well. So they'll, you know, that's why your case mixes generally have lots of stormtroopers in them because people want to army build. It's that kind of logic. So I think yeah. with toys as well, if they think, you know, if they think they can sell a Captain Rex and it's a guaranteed seller and most people will go, oh yeah, Captain, we all want Captain Rex. It's, you know, what a cool character. They're probably more confident in selling a, a Captain Rex figure than trying to make a, a cool animatronic Babu Frick, which I personally really want because I thought Babu yes. was a phenomenal character. <laughs> but I want to see more of him. Um, but yeah. you know, or, I mean, or a third, a third Ray, a third Finn, you know? Yeah. Like I'll take a Captain Rex character because we haven't had one yet. Yeah. Hmm. You know, and I think, but it's all dictated by, um, and obviously they have their little fan councils. All of these companies do, Hasbro do, uh, Sideshow do, they all do, you know, they, they get the, the, the download on what fans are thinking and what they think people want to see. They look at right. eBay too. What sells yeah. the most, what moves around the most. Yeah. They watch. Well, like Lacey, everything. you've been talking about, you want that yellow or uh, gold Ray lightsaber and everyone's <laughs> dying to know where that thing where is. Where is it? Or Leia's, Leia's lightsaber too. So people no are still wondering. No Ben Solo merch either. Yeah. Which is surprising because that's a very popular character. Yes, it is. But it does feel already like episode nine. We said this on the show, you know, it feels like episode nine is like way back in the rearview mirror now. 
doesn't it? It's nuts, right? And it's only been six months. I was. I don't know if it's because of the year has been so slow because of the pandemic. Maybe it feels that way, or or Hmm. people just um, had the fatigue. I I don't know, but that's. I just feel like I was waiting for a lot of stuff to come out after the movie because they hold on to things until the movie comes out, and then nothing came out. And I was like, okay, but what about the her lightsaber? What about all these things that happened? And they were like, like, no, here's another Sith trooper. (laughs) And I was like, but I don't want another Sith trooper. They're like, so you want another billion of these? Lacey will buy five thousand of those instead and there i feel attacked i think by the end of 2020 there'll be more accumulated baby yoda merchandise than all other star wars merch put together (laughs) true honestly probably um all right let's do uh one more here uh peter mccluskey at red p mac wants to know uh cast details were revealed for all the movies and for mandalorian season one before they came out we knew ming now when Giancarlo Esposito, Gina Carano, etc. We're all in it. Why does it seem that people are so concerned that cast details for season two had been coming out before the series airs? Um, I, I, I don't necessarily know if I agree with that angle. I think more, people are more concerned when character stuff are revealed. Well, what's your take on this? Do you think, do you find, Mark, that people are upset when they hear actors are revealed before seasons air? Um, it depends on the show. I mean, I, I suppose with Mando, they wanted to get as much good press ahead of you know the Disney Plus launch because there was so much riding on it. So you know any any right. claw any way they could claw some sort of column inches, if you like, then they would do it. And it, it is sure. all about hashtags now, isn't it? So I think season <laughs> two, like we've talked about earlier, the expectation is so different. You know, it was there, it's now here. It won't get there because nothing will. Um, yeah. And also. For Lucasfilm PR specifically, this year must have just been a torpedo for them because they've, they've come out the back of, like I say, Ep, Ep 9, Rise of Skywalker. It's come out on Blu-ray and DVD. It's on Disney+. Plus. You know, they, they should be sort of basking in the nice afterglow of that. And fandom did what fandom did. So that's, you know, that's, that's <laughs> fandom. There you go. And then you know, this year we, we should, like you said earlier, we should be at Celebration. We should all be... Uh, a beer drinking and beers, meeting yeah. up, and you know we've all lost that. And so, but Lucasfilm have as well. So, whole Republic should have been announced, you know, should have been coming out a couple of days before celebration, and then you can only imagine what would have been announced there. Uh, but instead, I wonder if Lucasfilm's kind of happy it got cancelled. I wonder if they're kind of like, you know what, I'll take the two years. I don't I'll think it's it. going to hurt them. I really don't think it's going <laughs> right? to hurt. I, imagine being in that that team, and you're like. Seems like the right move for yeah. so many reasons yeah. outside mm-hmm. of just the current pandemic. You need, I think with Star Wars, we, again, and I keep mentioning making tracks, sorry, but you know, we'd say it all no, the time. Fine. You need, I think Star Wars needs the anticipation. That's a, such a key word in association with Star Wars. Yeah. It's, it is that circus is coming to town. It's the, it's a nuke on the zeitgeist. It's everything stops for star wars films literally move out of its way it's the indominus rex of movies isn't it you know it's 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 one of those things and and if star wars is too regular people become too accustomed to it and it's just another franchise oh another star wars oh oh there's a new source film out this month yeah didn't that just come out at christmas the one where luke skywalker died no this is about han solo but didn't he die in the previous film no it's about a young han solo how are they going to do right. that harrison ford's a million years old no you know and it's that's you know <laughs> oh, that, it's brutal and then bob Iger admitted didn't he? it was a mistake releasing it when they did but yeah and, and yeah. You know, we all lost out in that sense but star wars needs to be the 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 conversation dominator it's it that's what it should be so like Lacey says two years of there being no star wars on the big screen or three years 
I don't see that as a bad thing at all. Focus on television. It's a different, it's a different animal. I'm but... just saying about celebration itself, <coughs> just being like, you know what? We all need a break. Oh, blimey. Yeah. My wallet needs a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So um, I guess I'll uh, we'll do one quick last one. Ion Cannon asks if you had the unlimited budget from Disney Mark uh, to make a bonus features uh, feature, for lack of a better term, yeah. um, what would you produce? Would it be a documentary, a collection of deleted material, something completely different? What What would you put out in, in Star Wars if you had an unlimited budget, not a canon story, but another production? I love what they did with Disney Gallery. I really thought that was brilliant because we're moving away from physical media now. We, you know, buying Blu-rays, even though I'm always going to want to physically own things, but, you know, buying Blu-rays, buying Me DVDs, too. all that stuff is probably going the way of the dodo, sadly. So to me, Disney Gallery felt almost felt like the Blu-ray extras, um, made more substantial as a series. And I really kind of dig that. So I, I think we are, we, we are quite a distance away from the next film, as we just said. So, And I love yeah. the documentary that um, Debs Patterson did for Rise of Skywalker. I thought it was great. Um, oh, yeah. You know, really going back into the archive stuff we'd never seen before. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, but I still, again, the old fart in me just loves that, you know, Star Wars Jedi making of a saga, classic creatures, that sort of stuff. I just love being in the workshop and sort of watching them get on with it. And I know oh, yeah. that there must be so much footage of, you know, Brian Herring and Dave Chapman sort of preparing BB-8 and practicing with it and Lee Towersy building R2s and all that sort of stuff. There's, there's just got to be oodles of footage. I would love to see something like that. And again, you know, uh, I spoke to Rinsler recently, J.W. Rinsler recently, you know, those books he did on making the Star Wars Empire. Yeah, Jedi. we had him on a couple months ago. Yeah, amazing books. And he did a making yeah. of Revenge of the Sith and he said he'd love to go back and sort of explore that and expand that into a fuller version. He wrote the, the Force Awakens book, which of course never came out, you know. So there's right. all this in-depth stuff that's out there that exists. We know it exists in a hard drive somewhere. That, that yeah. fans like us would just drool over and then wipe the page and, and laminate it. But you know, <laughs> I wish they stuff. released the Force Awakens one. Sorry, I wish they would release the Force Awakens one. They really should. It sounded we, we had a little bit of a chat about it, and it sounded like so interesting. You know, from, from it wasn't yeah. just about the making; it was like from the Disney takeover sort of right, right. through, and right. you know, and it was to the level of what those previous three books were. It just sounded fascinating and. It's out there. It exists. We know it exists, and it probably it's never on gets someone's up. hard drive. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Heartbreaking, really. God, we gotta hack into J.W. Rinsler's computer. <laughs> I, I honestly would make a documentary of all the stuff that didn't work out, like all the projects of like brainstorming and and developments that then didn't happen. Like that to me is yeah. always super interesting, and like why Lacey's show would light the fandom <laughs> on fire. <laughs> yeah, right. That would never air. They'd make it. I just feel like it would be but... super cool to see like how the process works and like what, why are things no and why some things are yes. And I think that kind of transparency, while yes, it would cause a lot of I think turmoil on Twitter, it would overall give people a, a view of this is how things work. Yeah. it's not this other picture that you have in your head. Yeah. yeah, in inside the the creative board meetings with Kathleen Kennedy and and the creatives. Yeah, like just a little transparency. Yeah. It's a business yeah. ultimately, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's yeah. just keeping up with the Kennedys. <laughs> you know, <it's> just... <laughs> hey, that's an idea. There yeah. you go. Um, all right, so Mark, uh, before we uh, 
I mean, we're, we're towards the end of the show here. So before we get to our little outros and stuff like that, um, we want to uh, obviously thank you for coming on and hanging out with us. Uh, this has been awesome. Um, where can people uh, nag you as we have nagged you for the last hour plus online and, and that sort of thing? Um, I can be nagged at prefect underscore timing on Twitter. Um, you can come to my house if you want, but I might not answer the door. Um, but generally, anywhere anywhere that's got Fanta tracks in it is probably the best place to find me. Um, so uh, at Fanta tracks on all the socials, uh, or mm-hmm. news at fantatracks.com if you want to drop us an email, or listen to Making Tracks on Fanta Tracks Radio Network, which is always very welcome if you want to listen. And then of course, uh, Insider kicks off again in September, so there's uh, there's plenty of stuff you can see of mine in, in Insider. Um, and occasionally on starwars.com i'd love to do more for starwars.com it's always fun and also i write for starburst magazine um which is the world's longest running sci-fi and genre magazine so that's uh, it's always good fun so there's usually stuff in there so yeah and one thing that you did on starwars.com that you like to pop up once in a while is the um the audience reactions back when jedi came out and that sort of thing and i thought it was so important uh, when you uh, created that and also when you resurfaced that when current Star Wars projects come out to let people know that, you know, these things weren't always the gold standard then either. Yeah, yeah, it was a critical opinion. It was a nice little series. Um, um, yeah, I think it's easy to, I mean, it's, it's like the popular myth that everybody hated Empire when it came out and they didn't. It was it's mixed an opinion for Empire it was for any other film. Um, yeah. you know, I think Pauline Kael called it the most beautiful film of the year, but a lot of other people were just left sterile because it was just a, a you know, a, an exercise in technical prowess. And you look at Empire now and think, how could anybody think that? You know, it's just a different right. world. <laughs> yeah. you know? um, and it did, I think, I can't remember which films I did now. I think I did all the prequels and, um, and the original trilogy. And I think I did as the Empire as well, um, if I remember. Yeah. But, uh, I remember one of the reviews you posted. You posted about from a critic, or it was an audience leaving the theater, or whatever, about Return of the Jedi, saying how it was lazy and like <laughs> it was uh, a remake of A New Hope or something. Like there were some things, and yeah. it sounds familiar to what people said yeah. about The Force Awakens. And yeah. I'm like, history just repeats itself. Oh, totally. Those are both my favorites. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I actually just read recently a whole forum full of posts the day in a and not Star Wars in an Apple forum back the day after they announced the iPad or sorry, iPod. (laughs) And it was just full of people being like, this is the stupidest waste of money. (laughs) Apple is going downhill. Like who wants to pay for this stupid media? No one's going to use it. What's this Amazon thing? So funny. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, we want to uh, thank everyone for listening and watching and being a part of the resistance. We hope you enjoyed this show. Um, Obviously you enjoyed Mark. Hopefully you enjoyed the three of us as well. Uh, Make sure you do subscribe to the show on uh, Spotify, YouTube, Apple podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast we have two episodes every week so make sure you subscribe and in october we'll bring back the mando fan show so make sure you do uh, subscribe to the show starwarsnewsnet.com for your star wars news from our end of the things uh teespring uh for all of our shirts if you want to check out some of our merch and um that is pretty much that uh, i want to thank our patreon generals so patreon.com slash resistance broadcast if you want to support what we do here we also give you nine mini episodes every month and a lot of other stuff. But most importantly, we have to thank our generals over there. So that is Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Bethany, Beer Fett, Russ Harbison, and Kendall Gilner. <laughs> thank you so much, generals, for all of your support. We couldn't do it without you. You guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and StarWarsNewsNet.com. James? 
Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. Lacey? Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. All right. Not Mark, Yeckle. Thank- not yekel not yet make sure you get that handle you have to get it just in case uh mark thanks so much man uh it's i I checked back it was last november when you were on this it was before episode nine so it's been that long so uh we got to make it uh, a shorter span of time next time uh when you come on check it's always uh, such a great time and i know we get to chat with you on twitter and stuff but we need to get you back you can have the keys to the resistance garage (laughs) i always like being in the garage no um thanks for having me back on i always enjoy it i don't out on this for weeks so yes it's, it's always good fun <laughs> thank you man and uh, thank you to everyone for listening and watching mark you're gonna come back sooner than later and we'll see you guys on monday with another episode right here on the resistance broadcast see you around kids <laughs>